Hello and welcome to Real Estate Roller Coaster. My name is Amanda Dockham in Houston, Texas, team lead of Crimson Realty Group. I'm that broker girl, Sandy Lynn Burnett, also a team lead of Team TVG in Iowa and Illinois. What up? Thank you for joining us in today's episode. Um, I believe we're going to talk about mental health. Uh, is it a myth in real estate? I mean, can you really have mental health and like good mental health and have a career in real estate, a successful career in real estate. I guess Amanda and I are going to unpack that. (laughs) Right. Let me lay down on the couch. Um, So I, how did that make you feel when I said that? Right. (laughs) I feel personally attacked. (laughs) Um, So I actually just got back from a trip and I, when people were asking me, where were you? I'm like, I'm taking a mental health road trip. And I realized I was becoming burnt out and burnt out looks different for everyone. For me, my few shortens, I go from just zero to I'm going to fucking kill everyone in five seconds. Um, Everything was just making me angry. I was being confrontational in transactions. And I was like, I need to go. That's what I did. I left. I left town for five days and it was glorious. I remember you were texting me that you and I actually happened to be out of town at the same time. And I didn't get a chance to what I thought I was going to text you back. And I actually probably didn't text you back because that's how busy our lives are. But when you said I'm leaving town, going to take a little mental health trip, I wanted to text you back. Good for you. And I'm proud of you. Because what I've noticed in this industry is that it is super hard to step away for even, I feel fucking guilty if I go out to dinner with my family. Like, what the fuck is that? When did, when did my life change into that to where, when I'm just going to go have a good night with my friends, I have to tell people, sorry, I have an appointment. Okay. (laughs) Well, on the same note, how many times have you avoided a phone call or not gone out because you're like, I'm on the phone with a client. I can't talk out loud because I'm in a meeting. I'm sorry, I have an appointment. Knowing damn well you were not on the phone. You just didn't want to interact with another human being. You know what? That has happened before. Um, I try to return somebody's communication in the same way that they gave it back because I think it's like super, I like it. I am a texter, so don't get me wrong. So if I fucking call you for something, it's because I have to speak to you about it and Mm -hmm. I'd rather not text about it. So I had an agent that I called him. It's like, dude, I call you twice a fucking year. All right. And then he texts me back. Please send me a text (laughs) after I, after he declined my call. And I'm like, all right, you want to do this via text? Let's fucking do it. (laughs) You know? Really, it it could have been much easier for me to just be like, listen, man, X, Y, Z, have that personal touch to it. But so here's why I kind of felt like we should talk about this today, because it applies to new agents, middle ground agents. And I mean, I guess I can't speak for the long term veterans, people that have been doing it for 20 years, because I mean, I'm not there and I'd hate to assume. I mean, they seem like they're chill. I don't know if they just they don't, really do. Like they don't give a shit anymore. Do they know something we don't? I, we should literally interview that? an old agent and be like, "How do you? <laughs> what? How do you them? fucking 
say no to people. Like, tell me more. So I have a feeling it's this word that I'm not great at called boundaries. I I don't, I'm not great at boundaries. Um, Setting them for myself or respecting other people's boundaries. That's just whatever. I'm nosy. Okay. That's just, that's just. Uh, Amanda, I need my space. (laughs) And when I first started, I was just, I was hungry. You know, I, I wanted the transactions. I wanted the business. So if I needed to talk to somebody at 10 PM, if I worked seven days a week, like I did what I needed to do and it paid off. Was it healthy? No, no, it was not. It was no, everything was about work. Like everything else in my life melted away. And it was just work, 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 because I quickly realized this is truly something to where I can make it into whatever I wanted to. You know, if I wanted to do that's what's exciting about real estate, it's a drug. But like, where's that boundary? And you don't realize that you need them or that it's a problem until it's already a problem. So my generation, we didn't care about like mental health. Like it just wasn't. My generation was angry. We partied. Mental health wasn't wasn't a phrase. Like you got laughed at and ridiculed if that was your concern. These younger people, they're all about it. They're all about life balance and keeping the energy and staying healthy mentally. I mean, yeah, but I think I think it's because generationally everybody flips to a different extreme. So you have the boomers that have been constantly living their best life (laughs) from fucking day one. Right. Okay. And then you have generation X who was like the latch, the first latch key kids. And they're just like figuring shit out and like figuring where they fit in on things. And then you've got the millennials, which like, I'm barely a millennial. I'm like an Xennial or a Xennial, whatever they call it. You're one of those. You're that in-between mm-hmm. kid. Yeah. Yeah. So 83 for me and 80 for my husband, Wes. So he's like really right on the cusp of both of the generations. And I feel like, I really feel like the millennials, we fucking went for it. We like grabbed life by the balls and like instant gratification. We have completely changed the world. I mean, uh, millennial invented Facebook and, you know, like all these, all these things, a millennial. I mean, do you think like Edward Snowden's a millennial, like overturning and outing the entire fucking government on so many things? Like we've really like pushed way past on everything, every boundary ever rules be damned. (laughs) And we just like went after it. And like the rules still haven't caught up to us. So now we've got Gen Z in and they are all about like as little work as they can do (laughs) to like get the results. And it like fucking works for them a lot of the time. It really does. No, I'm, I'm hardcore generation X. I'm 70, you know, I'm, I'm 76. I'll be 45. Oh, I had no idea we had that age gap between us. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we were just work, 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 work. Who cares? Is it ruining your life? Who gives a shit? Are you just mentally going insane? Sorry. Suck it up. I came from the suck it up generation. And, you know, I've been sucking it up most of my, you know, life. It's like, who cares? Whatever. Get it done. Just get it done. And I started my real estate career with the mentality of just fucking get it done. And 
yeah, that, that didn't go well. I mean, I, I was successful and I learned a shit ton of stuff, but after a couple of years, I was like, I've got to change. It took me a long time, literally to this year to realize that I wasn't always the best person to be around (laughs) (laughs) when it came to my real estate career. So I have, you know, done a lot of things to leverage out Mm-hmm. A lot because I was such a control freak on my business. I mean, I wasn't, you know, a fun person for other agents to be talking to. Yeah. Uh, I want to touch back on the boundaries thing. I wrote down the word boundaries when you said it. Um, there's a super good book out there called Boundaries. Um, oh, really? And I can't remember the exact author, but it's like a pencil like line being drawn across the cover of the book. So that's See how if you, you can find it. It's the right book. And I'll put and then it we in can the notes. It. Yeah. Okay, cool. And one of the biggest things that I learned from that book, because I have a hard time putting up certain boundaries, whether it's in my relationships or business or mm-hmm. anything. One of the biggest things that I learned in there was boundaries are mandatory because once the second you start doing something out of obligation instead of out of you actually wanting to do it, that's when the resentment starts to breed towards anything and anyone, your clients, your mother, whoever has these expectations of you. And you're just like, I got to go do it, you know, just because, and then you set this tone throughout like your whole life. And it's not about like, don't do things that you don't want to do, but it's like, you know, when you get sucked into like moving somebody and then you're like an asshole about it. And it's just like, let's eliminate that even from happening. You don't lose your Saturday. And then that guy doesn't end up hating you for being an asshole, you know? And so that book really, um, opened my mind on like, is actually healthy to be setting and enforcing these boundaries and it's other people's problem if they don't want to accept it. Agreed. I, I realized, and again, for me, you know, I was this year old when I caught myself doing this, that part of my spew to clients is the whole concept of, I'm all about realistic expectations. I communicate a lot of my transactions as an agent. I pride myself that I educate like my buyers and my sellers in the process. And in the very beginning, it's realistic expectations. I want to explain to you what an inspection report is, report is before you receive it. You know, these are, this is how I communicate. This is, yeah, I said all of that. It never occurred to me to include my professional boundaries in that, in that realistic expectation speech. For example, I no longer do appointments on Sundays. Sundays are mine. I need to work that in there. It's like, look, I'm, I'm more than willing to communicate with you on your terms. I want mm-hmm. it to be convenient for you, but no, that usually after eight o'clock, seven thirty, eight o'clock at night, I'm off the grid. And I generally try not to work on Sundays. And I mean, I, I need to start putting that in there more consistently. Clients that I have said that to, they're like, yes, you deserve a life. You know, you, you deserve time with your family and to have a life. I know that, you know, it's fun to say, and I, I see it online all the time on um, the realtor chat groups about, Oh, I could never say that to my clients. They would fire me in a minute. I can never tell my client that I have a doctor's appointment or why are you working with them? 
I don't, why, why do you allow that? Why do you attract that type of person? Why do you accept that type of client? I mean, I guess, I guess it goes back to not all money's good money. (laughs) What you were talking about, uh, the Sunday thing. Yes. The no, not all money is good money. I know we talked about putting that into this episode, but I truly believe that it deserves its own episode. Yeah. We need to many a story Yes, and many of times that we've, you know, had to struggle with firing clients and things like that and how it made us feel. Um, I wanted to bring up two names when you mentioned, um, the Sunday thing. Have you ever heard of Neil Mathaweg? No, I listen to stuff that I don't. I just randomly listen to podcasts. I don't know how famous or infamous he is, Um, but I like to like name drop just in case, because if we can (laughs) help other people out, like why not? This guy has a podcast called, I think it's like called the Agent Rise podcast. And he's got this really gentle, like teddy bear way of, you know, talking and I'm like oh like I can listen to this I love not getting yelled at right one thing that he brought up was the Sunday thing and the night thing and what he said was he would go through his thing up front set those expectations and he'll be like now Sundays I reserve for family time is that going to be okay with you and then of course they're like oh oh my god of course like we wouldn't dare But isn't it funny that you get that reaction from them? And even if you have to gently remind them of that, they're like, oh my God, yes, of course. Whereas me, I I don't set those boundaries. And I'm like, who the fuck's be texting me on a Sunday on something that doesn't even matter. And it's not their fault whatsoever, right? Because you didn't tell them, yeah. It's my fault. The other thing that I wanted to bring up is... Uh, Kyle Robinson, he's an agent where I'm at, and he has the number one team in the whole state of Iowa. And he has it on his voicemail. You know, if this is urgent, dial this number. I'm not looking at my phone today, blah, blah, blah. And I love that. And I keep meaning to do that. But it, it reminded me of that. I'm like, I should literally change my voicemail Today is Sunday, blah, blah, blah. Not doing shit today. You know, I mean, like it doesn't have to be like that, but there are things that you can put in place to have your clients basically manage themselves and their own expectations. And the fact that, do I really need to be bugging this chick on Christmas night? Yeah. And when I do receive text messages, if you're called, if you call me, it's not going to happen. Like I'm going to text you and say, Hey, what's up? I I don't want to talk out loud on on Sunday. And I know that's childish, but I don't want to. Um, I'll, if I'm busy, I'll say, Hey, you know, I'm kind of doing a family thing today. Can I get with you on Monday? Or, Hey, is this an emergency? Because I'm doing some stuff today. Can I get with you on Monday? Very rarely is it, I need to talk to you right now. Um, You know, what makes me mad. It's, and it's one of my only triggers is when I get a call like before nine o'clock on a Sunday, like, look, motherfucker, seriously, like the house better be on fire. When I get that 7.30 a.m. call on a Sunday, hi, I'm so-and-so with so-and-so brokerage. Is your listing on one, two, three Banana Street available? Mm-mm. 
Yeah, I I, I get angry. I get angry calling you. Like I would get yeah. totally like, angry. You could it says you you could schedule an appointment. It says it on yeah. the MLS. Do you need to verbally verify yeah. with me at the ass of dawn on Sunday to where well, and also the whole is this still available thing? Like if you want to sound more like a bot, <laughs> keep doing that. So great. I have made changes to my personal life and professional life to try to improve my mental health. You and I have both talked about that we're control freaks and we're getting better at delegating and giving stuff that that's one thing that I've really, I've really worked on. Um, I've I, noticed like mm-hmm. my mental health from when I got my assistant, when I hired her in February till what now it's almost November. Mm-hmm. My mental health has changed immensely when I would be out hanging with my neighbors, you know, we'll like drink around a fire or something. I was still married to my phone a hundred percent of the time, Mm -hmm. you know, nervously texting somebody back about something, having to step outside, take a call. Sometimes I still have that going on if I'm like negotiating a deal, but the amount like of chill that has entered my life as a result of going through a lot of extra, you know, hard things to set these systems in place to, in order to be delegating and not losing um, the continuity of my business. um, It was so worth it. It is a lot of upfront work, but you're right. It, it is worth it. Once you get past the double checking to make sure it's done correctly. Once that trust is there, it's like, wow, I actually have time in my day to do things that to work on my business, not just in my business. Um, And it took me a while to distinguish between the two. Mm -hmm. Another part of, to me, the mental health struggle in real estate is not letting transactions just piss you off to the point where like agents and transactions. I, I told you earlier, I argued with four different agents yesterday. An agent called one of my people and was just screaming at them. Like they were a child. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah, I I haven't figured that one out yet. I still get I still get pissed. I still get angry about transactions. I probably I've, argue more. I've gotten so much better about them. I really have. Like I think about some of the things that I've went through this year. I had a buyer coldly email like I had done so much for this guy. I had him coldly email me days before this closing was supposed to happen being like Oh, I just, I regret to inform you. I accepted oh. a job in another location. and won't be closing on this. You know what I mean? Just shit like that. I've had some crazy shit this year happen. And I, instead of going ape shit, I've learned, I'm like, whoa, like the way that I handled that and not let it ruin my life. You felt so or adulty. Like, like woo. oh my God, because <laughs> there have been so many things that have occurred to where I should have like lost it. And instead I concentrated on, whoa, like the way that I handled that. And my family has no idea that something devastating happened today. And just, I was able to, and how I've done it is count my blessings in these other areas and be like, okay, but like, this isn't going to kill you this month. Your month is okay. And then that was another realization to be grateful for. Like, oh my God, to be in the place where one transaction doesn't make or break my 
month, that was even some growth for me. And I know agents can relate to that. I They can. And for some agents, that one transaction is their month. Mm-hmm. So it is easy to just like, just kind of baby feed it, you know, and put all of your energy and focus into it. And we both know transactions fall apart. And there's honestly often nothing we can do about it. And mm-hmm. personally, I'm an arguer. I like, I, I am great at oh, arguing inspections. No, you're not. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, I, you know, I'm totally easy to get along with. Um, that's, I'm kind of the enforcer of my team. When somebody has a hard time, like, Amanda, I need one of your emails. I'm like, who is it? Forward the thread to me, you know, and I, right. I'm like that angry cat. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, ha, you know, and I'm like, I got you. But I need to not, I need to not take my job personally. And, and also for, mm-hmm. for emails, I do want to say uh, something I was taught in my government job is type the email, go work out, go have lunch, come back, reread it again. If you still want to send it, fucking send it. I feel like that applies to life. Same thing with that text message. When you type out that text message, just my three dots be going. (laughs) (laughs) Just step away for a minute, do what you do and come back and read it again. And if, you know, it sounds like you're coming for their head, then maybe rethink it. Um, I've, I've dialed down my, I don't want to call it anxiety, but just like my hyper focus to make everything work. And it's not all on my control. The best thing I can do, my job is to give information. If I've given my client all the information that I can let them make the best decision. And if they pull the plug, I have to believe it's not the end of the world. Well, and the other thing to keep in mind is, and you and I are a lot alike in this, which is probably why we get along so well, but I wonder how you and I would handle conflict in this matter, but being right. Mm. Let's talk about being right. So do we have to, <laughs> what? cause what? you and I are always right. Like what length I, are you willing to go to, to prove that you're so, right? So my thing is, and this has taken me years to learn. I've lost friendships over this. Fuck them. But anyway, like I have done my own personal growth and they're still shitty people. So fuck them. Right. But what I've learned is what am I willing to sacrifice by being right? (sighs) Who the fuck does it matter to? If I know I'm right and it's not at the, like, letting it go is not the expense of my client getting the best deal or whatever. But if it's just like, yeah, what am I trying to prove after this point? This guy's an idiot. Like I, I have gotten so good at letting, letting it roll off because what does being right cost me? Sometimes I'm not willing to pay that price. And that's another big thing that I've worked on. this. That is something I've worked on this year too. And damn you for bringing that up. That's, that's my thing. It's like, I know I'm right. And you're wrong. Fuck off. You're wrong. I'm right. And I'll fight until the end of time for it. And I know that I've grown and it's not intentional. I know that I have to back off. Intentionally grow. (laughs) No, no, this, this one isn't intentional. Fuck you. I'm right. Um, Is I'll get a contract in like I'll be the listing agent and these contracts will come in 
and they're all fucked up. Like they're wrong. They're just, they're just wrong. There's unnecessary information filled out incorrectly. And it used to be when I had control issues, it was like, thank you for the submission of your offer. Please make these adjustments to the contracts, like 15 items, you know, do it right, bitch, basically. But mm-hmm. I don't do that anymore. If it's not damaging the contract, it's not incorrect. It's not going to be a problem. I just let it ride. If you repeat yourself three times unnecessarily in the special provisions, I'm going to let it ride. I'm going to talk about you, but I'm going to yeah. let it ride. And that, my friend, is growth for me because I am right at least 98% of the time. And that other 2%, like I'm going to have to be dead ass dead wrong for me to like admit it out loud. Yeah. <laughs> like it'll happen in here. Like, Ooh, I, I fucked that one up, but I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna say that. Like there's gotta be a reason that. Yeah. 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 And that's what I've learned too. Like, uh, it also makes me making a mistake. Not as terrible. If I've learned to give others a little bit of grace Uh, we were, I had like a brand new signing platform that I was trying out Mm -hmm. a couple of years ago and an agent who's a good friend of mine, you know, I was submitting an offer on her listing and she calls me up and I (laughs) never forget this. I'm rolling my eyes. Like what could she possibly have to talk about everything I have to say is in my fucking offer. And I answer it and she's like, um, did you mean to leave the price blank? <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? And I go in and I look and sure as shit, like what I had put in that signing platform didn't show up. Like my buyers had signed it and everything. And it was like, oh, I'm coming in hot. Like what could you possibly <laughs> be calling before? And it really like, there's, I, there's times like that where like it's been, so, and we still laugh at about it to this day because she actually teaches contracts to other real estate professionals. And whenever, whenever I'm in her class, I'm just looking around like, yep, yeah, right I'm here. <laughs> and we also learned a couple of other lessons during that deal, which was um, to like, we really worked together to get that deal to closing. It was extremely tight on her end. Um, and she ended up like tearing up when she was telling that part of the story to her agents. Cause she's just like, look, any other agent would have just been a giant asshole about this. And we truly like work together. And she had given my clients even some like friendly advice on something. And we really truly had the same goal and we made it work. And there were a lot of lessons learned in that, but it, it like really won't <laughs> What a jackass I would have been if I really like answered the phone call, how I was feeling. And (laughs) it it really saved me from looking like a bigger idiot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, We've all had those moments. And so, yeah, yeah, I've just learned to like, let things go, let it roll easier said than done. But honestly, it has taught me a major lesson in just because I have X amount of pendings right now doesn't mean my family's still going to eat in December. Like go out, get more business, keep hustling, keep prospecting. Uh, it took me years to stop riding the wave of yeah. like, right now. It's a really big deal. I have 1.5 million pending in December, which is really good for the quad cities. Um, and I'm just like, I'm flying high on that. Right. Like, excited about it. 
But I'm thinking to myself at the same time, like this, don't do this again. Don't get comfortable. Like now's the time to push through that, get Mm -hmm. even bigger, help your team get even bigger. So, and now's the time to push to have closings in the first quarter of next year. Absolutely. Like next year, I got some big goals, you know, 2021, so much shit's happened. We created this podcast, like so many things have, you know, been great 2022. Like, let's just start growing massively on all of these different scales that we've planted Mm -hmm. the seeds for. Yeah. Um, I agree. I have some plans for next year and I want to develop this more. Um, but doing it in a healthy and scaled way that fits and it's not like an obsessive focus, something I need to work on. Um, I think for me, a big growth step with my mental health this year was the ability to just walk away from work it is to take that one day um, or two days, like take a Wednesday and a Sunday, not take my laptop with me out of town, just my tablet just by t- <laughs> no that- I've started doing I wish we would have talked about that sooner doesn't it yeah. feel like you've reached a life goal like, yes I yes. keep my laptop at home and I yes. went with just my iPad to yes wherever I was going and I'm like look yeah isn't that married my even like no that's, it, that's a thing that it's a thing and a you know deal. what because I can't fully create like things like my activity is limited on my iPad as the cord is mm-hmm. my MacBook Pro. Yes. So when I started leaving that at home, like, look at me being an adult. Like I was so proud. Nobody else knew why I was so happy. But I knew that it was a step because whatever happens in that couple of days, it can wait. If they want to genuinely work with me, they will wait. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, I've learned to let go of a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know if I've mentioned it during this podcast before, but I'll say another big step in my growth this year was I was down in Nashville and I was on a veterans hike. And that day, what we do is like, or it's actually like a whole weekend when I'm traveling to it, you know, the night before we do a meet and greet. And it's just like my chance to bond with like my fellow brothers and sisters. And we have this bond that nobody can, you know, understand, but it's mm-hmm. just something I love to do. Um, So I'm on this and I had these buyers that, you know, they were in credit repair and I'd been working so hard to get them into buying status. All of a sudden, of course, you you go out of town and they were ready. They were like, look, like our landlord, we're done with it. Like we got to get out of here ASAP. And I was, I made the decision to release some of my commission Mm -hmm. in a large referral um, to let somebody else take care of them. And it was the first time in my life that I've made money while on vacation and I didn't have to do any active work to it. And that was, that was another really big deal. It was like, okay, Sandy, you gave up some of your commission, which kind of like sucks, but I mean, the agent that I handed them to, like they handled the inspections, the offer, like every single thing. It Mm -hmm. was just my admin taking care of the paperwork. I had to do three things, the entire transaction. And I still kept a a lot of the money from it. And it was the first time that I made money without actively like going out there and making it. And that was just a huge realization. Okay. I did give up, you know, my check would have been X amount, but oh my God, like the fact that I was able to do that, it made me really grateful. 
Yeah. I mean, unless you have like the world's largest team, I mean, just in place to where you can just say, Hey, you do it, you do it, you do it. I mean, hell solo agents, you do have to make that decision. It's like, look, I'm going to carve out time for just me and I'm going to do it no matter what, because real estate can easily bully you into giving up non-money producing activities. Hanging out with your friends isn't going to earn you money. Going on a hike, going sit on the beach generally isn't going to earn you money. And real estate has a way of bullying you. I mean, if you have no deals, book a vacation. If you have no oh, transactions, know, right? book a flight. Ringing. Yeah, you'll get like four. Hey, I'm qualified for 500K. Let's go. But you know what, Amanda? You know what I've learned this year is that hanging out with your friends and going out to the beach does earn you business if you're smart about it. If you're intentional about your time with those people, they want to help you. They want to see you succeed. Mm -hmm. If you're going out to the beach and you're taking a picture for social media or, you know, upping your social media game. And so that's what I've learned. That's what's allowed me to travel a little bit more this year is being like, you know what? It's for business. (laughs) (laughs) Writing that shit off. And it's true. I'm like, fucking should write my dreams off. I looked at a house. That's work. I've, I've looked at a house. I was learning the market area right mm-hmm. off. That's fine. But no, I didn't say that out loud. You know, it's, no, but it's true though. Like try and tie any place that I go and try and not have it tied to real estate. I don't care if it's the grocery no. store. I'm well, running into somebody. I'm high-fiving them. Like this job. Oh, you're moving. You anyway. Like let's yeah. talk, you know, like everything. Get the fuck out of here. You can't walk into a house without looking at it different. I'll write off my state. future boob job. <laughs> We have run over on our time, so we need yeah. to wrap it up. Uh, if you had, in your opinion, two pieces of advice on mental health and real estate, just show. Okay. First one I learned from the infamous Michael Bjorkman, and that is only cry in the shower. Oh, I don't know how I feel about that, but okay. Do not complain to your spouse or your family about your real estate deals. Only share the good news. Okay. And you cry alone in your pathetic closet or your okay. shower, like the pathetic piece of shit agent that you are. And then you get back there and you only are sh- sharing the good news to your, otherwise they're going to say, get out of real estate. What are you doing? Like, this isn't healthy. Get out. Right. And that's the roller coaster. That is the entire point of this podcast is mm-hmm. I'm awesome. I'm awesome. Oh, shit, I suck. And then, you know, you're scraping the bottom and you just suck at everything. And all of a sudden, oh, hey, I'm validated. I have another tr- another contract. Mm-hmm. I'm good again. Yes. Okay. Yep. So only cry in second, the shower. That's yep. one. Uh, second is don't quit. Just because it, you know, you had this plan in mind or somebody sold you this bill of goods about what your life is going to be like as a real estate agent and you'll fucking kill it and all this other stuff, just because it isn't going the way that you expected, don't quit. Um, It doesn't matter where you're located. You can hit me or Amanda up personally if you ever want to pick our brains or get advice on how to redirect your business. Um, I've, I've seen so many people get out of the industry and it's like, man, I, like, I probably could have helped you. Like just looking at them, I'm like, man, you know, it's just, sorry to the attrition rate, the turnover rates, just ridiculous. Like, you know, let us be your last ditch attempt. Right. (laughs) For me, um, 
I think my number one would be, it's okay to take time for yourself. It is okay to tell that client I'm with family. I'm watching football. I'm busy. Honestly, you don't have to give them a reason. Um, is it okay if I contact you tomorrow? It is okay. You are just as important as your profession and as your clients. Um, the second is don't let the competitiveness and fast pace of this industry chip away at you mentally. It's really easy to compare yourself to other agents and how glorious they look online and all these fancy deals. Cool. Good for them. That's not yeah. your, that's not your story. That's not your timeline. Everybody is running their own race. Everybody has their own business. That's why we're all doing this. It's our business. Mind your business, worry about what you're doing and not what the, not what Sandy's doing. I don't give a shit what Sandy's doing. I love Sandy, but her business has nothing to do with mine, nor does her ex success. We just like to get on here and talk shit to each other. Um, don't, don't feel bad or feel like you're failing because of what you see. The work was always there. Um, that person is super successful. They did the work. You just didn't, you weren't there to see it. That's really good. And also, um, like no opportunity is lost. It just wasn't yours to begin with. Yeah. You know, I what? used to think so many times about how, how many times I was fucked over or whatever. And it's just like, that wasn't for me. Wasn't your money. It wasn't your money yet. Like a lead. I don't lose a lead. It wasn't, I didn't lose a deal. It was just, it was a lead. I didn't have it yet. That's fine. Yeah. Another one will come along. There's always more money. It's real estate. Come on. Mm -hmm. Um, that That's wraps great. Up. Great I episode. I feel good about this episode. Mm -hmm. um, Sandy and I are going to work on some fun things. I'm not sure when we will do it, but we're kind of batting around the idea of maybe releasing some series and stepping up our game with the podcast. Maybe have mm -hmm. a couple of different guests on because um, we've talked about that before. We need to try I actually, out. and I know I shouldn't be texting in the middle of this, but I actually texted somebody during our podcast recording. I'm like, you know what? This person would make a really good right? guest, so you know, we're going to work a on famous real estate coach. So I'm like, it'd be kind of fun to have him on here. Oh God. But he, I don't know how you, oh, you know him. I was going to say, I don't know how oh, yeah. you feel about us no, and our, uh... he completely outperforms <laughs> me. And then I'll just like, let him like actually teach people for once. And then right. me, I'll just be in here heckling. You know? Right. We're just sitting here and make faces as, at each other. As he makes like 30 times <laughs> as much as I do. Um, we do have some additional content information. We do record each podcast episode live on YouTube. It is unedited. It's fun. Um, to see our glorious faces. So you can check that out. There is a companion blog as well. Links to all of this is in the episode notes. Um, to close out again, I'm Amanda Dockham in Houston, Texas, team lead of Crimson Realty Group. I am that broker girl, Sandy Lynn Burnett out of Iowa and Illinois, leader of team TBG. Oh, side note, I'll be in Chicago uh, the first weekend in December for my birthday. Oh, hit me up. I will. Yeah, okay. Let's talk offline. Don't give them details. They'll all swarm <laughs> us when we get to Chicago. <laughs> get off my Zoom. Thank you for joining us, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks.